Well, the weather's starting to get a little nicer, boys. Yep, it's uh, it's crop top weather for me. Crop top weather. How about you, Ree? You wearing the crop tops? Oh, yeah. I'm wearing all the crop tops. I'm wearing the cutoffs, the right. cutoff jorts. We're a bunch of Freddie Mercury's here. Yeah. Th- those cutoff jorts, a lot of lifters wear those to show off their quads. Yeah, like uh, Nate McMurray. Yes. Nate McMurray? I think you got the wrong guy there. Oh, sorry. I'm Upper sorry. body only. <laughs> Every day is bench. Every day is bench. Mm-hmm. Bench and uh, bicep curls. Well, with the nicer weather, we all know that it's festival season coming up. Yes. With festival season, the thing I think of most, eating contests. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're just pretty much like a Joey Chestnut. Like You, you kind of look like Joey Chestnut. Uh, you think so? I, and that's a compliment. I, that's a compliment, by the way. I don't think that I do, but I'll take it as a compliment. You should. Well, I thought of an idea. For our own eating contest. Yeah. And this will also help, I think, the Catholic Church out of their current, uh, let's say, uh, have, P- have PR it, nightmare. Have they, have they had some bad news? They've had some bad news. They need some people in the pews. Right. And why not? Job needs a win. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Job needs a win. <laughs> Can Job have a win every now and yeah. then? Joe needs a fucking. Joe needs a win. Jesus Christ! No, back to the eating contest. Ooh, yeah. a, a body of Christ, a Eucharist eating contest. Yeah. Okay. Who can eat the most wafers? Of course, they will be blessed. Mm-hmm. And I think the more you eat, the the closer you get to God. Yeah. And indulgences, except in the eating <laughs> contest. Style. You are indulging. Yeah. I. I mean, they could have it at uh, the cathedral downtown. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, you know, like or the uh, the Father Baker joint. Yeah. Lackawanna. Oh, the Basilica. Yeah. Yeah. They. They. Yeah. Basilica. The Lackawanna needs a festival. This they could, do. This could be the festival. They do. Yeah. Lackawanna needs a festival. Like the, it, with, you know, the, all you can eat or uh, eat as many wafers as possible in in fifteen minutes. Yeah. We can get Buddy Jesus there. Yep. You know, my biggest complaint about the church. Yeah, you got the bread, you got the wine. You need a protein. You know, oh. they don't really don't have a protein option. Like you got well, to uh, have a whole meal. You got to have like. Well, meat. I don't think I don't think the wafers are gluten free. So yeah. There is there is a bit of protein. Maybe uh, you remember like uh, you know Jesus with the loaves and fishes. Maybe they could. We could also uh, go down to uh, the pier in Lackawanna and everybody get some Lake Erie fish. Yes, right. buffalo style. All right, so buffalo it's, style. so it's the God Body of Christ and Fish Festival. Right. Right. Okay. What else says Lackawanna besides those three things? Uh, St- steel, I guess. Right, it's, Formerly. <laughs> Don't use the number six. Uh, weird, weird looking city halls. Borg cubes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Borg festival. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would like to see all the big time competitive eaters come to Lackawanna, New York, sunny LA to try to eat as many communion wafers as possible. All right. So there's technique to eating contests absolutely yeah. the hot dog eaters they dip their their buns in water and i think they do everything separately they wet it and it goes down easier i mean would you wet the wafers Ooh. Wet, I mean, the, wet the wafers to win i mean do you use communion wine for them well i think that yeah i think they have a, a solo cup of, of com- communion, wine communion wine in front of them or, or they have the little uh fonts of holy water like you have when you walk into a catholic church i don't know man because i feel like even though it might be clean holy water, 
I always think everyone's finger's been in there. Well, I, I, they, I wouldn't use those particular ones, but oh. like they, they have, <laughs> they, 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 I'm sure they have oh. like jugs of Poland Spring holy water. Oh, sure. But like, yeah, can well, you, any, any water can be holy water if the priest, priest touches it. The problem is you dip the wafer and I feel like those things fall apart like right away. Like a yeah. bun, they're not, oh, they're not yeah. like Oreos. Right. Like a bun can kind of hold some consistency after you dip well, it. Do you just put them in the wine and then drink the whole thing? I yeah, mean, well, that'd the, be disgusting. So, I mean, I, uh, to be fair, like uh, when I was a kid, I was an altar server for like two years yeah. at the Catholic Church mm-hmm. in Lancaster. Right. And uh, yeah, like at the end of Eucharist, like, and the, the priest is going to drink the rest of the wine because you know, he's like, well, I, I can get fucked up at work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, but like he would dip his wafer in the wine and like jam it in his throat and then like right. slam back the right. goblet. Yeah, the chalice. You got to get a little dip. You can't get like a full dip because otherwise the little fucking thing falls right apart. Yeah, and then I think you eat the wafers, and then you drink the wine, mm-hmm. and you put your nose on a bat and spin around. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, dizzy bat for dizzy sure. Bat. Right? Yeah, that's that's actually how they pick the pope. <laughs> Where does the smoke come from in this instance? <laughs> uh, you don't want to know. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's also what they have to do at the end of the eating contest is is white plumes of uh, smoke oh. to uh, announce a new f- eating no, contest. Winner. I know what it is. It's a it's a it's a plume contest. Oh, oh, yeah. So yeah, the they're they're vaping up there. That's what right. you see is the big <laughs> the biggest fattest vape from the Pope. Mm-hmm. Jewels have been a secret, an Illuminati secret up until now. Right. Yeah. Only used by you know, the papal commission. Right. Jewels were actually invented like the 800s. Right. But, uh, yeah. the, that was the, the original spelling of jewel. Right. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Knights Templar just, the keep them, kept them hidden from view. Crazy. There's a lot we don't know. A lot we don't know, but what we do know is that we're back, baby. Welcome back to the square with your host Ree, Diamond Jim. We got Snake here. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're back doing the news. We're mad about it. You're mad about it. The whole world has gone mad. Well, at least here we have in Buffalo and West mm-hmm. New York. Have we've gone a little mad? I was on my ass. I was so sick, guys. I was like convalescent bed. I was, you know, sick boy. I was a sick boy. I, I caught whatever fucking plague, non-COVID edition that mm-hmm. has been going around. Uh, here, you know, everybody's like, I'm sick, I'm sick. And finally, it ha- reader, listener, it happened to me. And then I was knocked on my ass. I never get sick. I have a great immune system. And you should have been sharing that communion chalice with mm-hmm. all the other parishioners. Right. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? I drank the holy water oh. where everybody yeah. dips their fingers in. <laughs> no. it's, it's just fill up your Nalgene with holy oh, water from yeah. the... I think you created a new virus there. <laughs> Worse than the Wuhan bat, uh, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, guys, we've had some... Pretty big stories gonna pop up here. So, and here, here's one for you. Speaking you, of Lackawanna. Speaking of Lack, no. Do you are you familiar with the play in the film Glengarry Glen Ross? Oh, coffees for closers. That's right. Yeah. Well, evidently, uh, this was front page newsworthy story in the Buffalo News this Sunday. A top salesman, Gary Ostrom, has been working in a company for 28 years. He was at a seminar with his other salesman. He was the top guy. He showed that famous Alec Baldwin clip from Glengarry Glen Ross. People found it offensive and they shit canned him. Um, our f- favorite attorney, L- Lindy Korn, mm-hmm. uh, I should say uh, workplace attorney, Lindy Korn, right. our favorite we, we, workplace we, we attorney. We have a lot of attorney friends. We have a lot of attorney friends. Right, so. yeah. 
uh, is defending the guy for a wrongful dismissal. Dismissal. Yeah. I mean, did he not get the point of the scene? He probably didn't get the point of the scene. I think you know his idea was to motivate his salespeople. Mm-hmm. Core of the case is that he was never instructed on what not to do in a workplace. Okay, he didn't know if he were given instruction, he would have, should have been given a chance to correct himself. Fired for no media literacy, like watching that scene and being like, "Yes, this is exactly how I should treat my salespeople. <laughs> I'm like this, and they should be too. Right. That's this is how sales is done. Right, sales." Sales. Right. That this this guy also didn't understand Fight Club. He is like one of the worst Rick and Morty fans. Uh, so he this, thought the Joker was good, actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it has a lot of parallels with our uh, next story, another front page story from earlier in the week. Do you? This is actually is speaking of Lackawanna. This oh, this, yeah. this guy might actually like. I, I don't. I was going to make some kind of riff about both the Joker and Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, but yeah. as. Is there a different David Mamet play we could bring in here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, lay it on us. Yeah, why? yeah. Uh, Pat Burke, I guess. Um, there's a, a sexual harassment, or what is it? Har- not harassment. Oh, it's, it's, it's a wrongful termination suit that also happens to list that like these were things that were going on right. in the office that made it a uncomfortable, hostile workplace. So Pat Burke went from bartender to politician. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he never got the HR training video on what not to do or say in a workplace. Mm-hmm. Got to be very clear. He, he never came on to any of his employees. It wasn't mm-hmm. like that. It was just locker room talk. It seems yeah. like locker room is, is talk. what is what the story right. was about. Right. Along with the wrongful termination. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, well, then what kind of locker room talk are we talking, guys? Because. You know, I've been in locker rooms in my life, <laughs> and I've had conversations in locker rooms. And yeah. the kind of conversations that some people have in locker rooms, apparently, are much different than any fucking kind of conversation I would have. Yeah, yeah. most of mine were about David Mamet plays. <laughs> have you guys read Boston Marriage? Oh, no. Jim's always telling tell me more. <laughs> Jim was always telling the guys in the weight room, you know, Job needs a win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in what context? <laughs> <laughs> there was none. That's why, hey, you oh. know, it's just... He kept uh, saying it. Uh-huh. This reminds me of Speed the Plow. <laughs> so, so Pat Burke, the kind of uh, locker room talk, quote unquote, included things like uh, allegedly talking about um, his son's girl, underage. I mean, I, I guess we're putting underage for both of them here because his son is a you know, this minor. This is all allegedly, right? This is all allegedly. Don't sue us, anybody. Right. We're just reporting what was reported. In the fucking front page of the Buffalo News. And, and, and the New York Post and yeah, like Politico of, picked up on it. Like it, it ended up hitting a, a quite a few media outlets. He allegedly said something to the effect that like his son's girlfriend was hot, right? Yeah. And like uh, some, some kind it, of Snapchat video was it, shared. Uh, according to like the report, uh, it was a little bit more aggressive than she was hot. Okay. You know, it was something like. To the effect of like, uh, if a girl has big boobs and a size zero waist, she's hot. Okay. There was another instance where somebody, uh, a woman pressed up against Pat, asked this uh, his employee uh, whether that that be, that would be considered as flirting. Okay. So yeah, I, I mean, I got these, which, these. These are all the alleged statements. Alleged. You know. Um. You know. It it is interesting that like Mike Crocker, the Erie County Republican chair 
knew all about this bef- like that he could speak at length on the at the Buff- with the Buffalo News about it before the story came out. I'm sure he could. So, uh, yeah. I mean, not that it's un- it's unusual for political operatives to be tipped off to lawsuits. I mean, that that happens all the time, but um, you know, so the assembly is investigating. They're going to be investigating Burke. Um, there is this wrongful termination lawsuit um, going back to uh, after May sixth um, when he let go of three employees. I mean, I, I I don't know. Like, I guess we'll see as more comes out. Yeah. Know? Well, I'm excited to see you know what developments we have from Ginger Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> I, oh, that's that's the other angle of this story, isn't it? Well, Nate watch. Nate, Nate watch. Holy yeah. shit. Yes, we got a two for one. Speaking yeah, of right. Ginger Michael Scott's, two guys who are just fucking unaware of themselves and how they're viewed by literally everybody. Nate McMurray dropped in on this one, Jim. Yeah. He is representing uh he's doing a good turn here, right? He he is representing the uh the dismissed uh you know the former employees. The former employees. I can't yeah. spit it out today. You know, basically, it, listen, I, I don't know how good of a lawyer he is. Um, I may consider another lawyer, but if he's doing it pro bono or whatever, eh, attorneys aren't cheap. Works on contingency. No. Money down. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's, he's just there. He's like, you know, fucking shows up everywhere. Nate McMurray. So I don't I don't know where where is this go, Jim? Is this going anywhere? Is this gonna have any legs? I mean, you know, it's it's not an election year for Burke, so like, you know, it's it's people don't have long memories, so it's it's not like they released this to hit him in like the spring of an election where he's got to run in November. I'm sure whoever the Republican is who runs against him next year will try to you know bring it back out. You know, it's it it is probably difficult for. Burke in that if there's a pending lawsuit, he's probably going to be advised to not talk at all or not and not really answer questions too much. Um, so he just has to leave the allegations out there without being able to really respond to them. Um, but, you know, that's probably what his legal counsel will tell him to do. Right. Um, I mean, I don't see, unless like, you know, the legislature, when they do their investigation, um, they do a deep dive and they find that it's it's that they think it's very valid and that that you know that or that it's true. If they censor him or they remove him from his committee, or he, like you know he's a like a deputy whip for the Democrats, like remove him from his leadership position, there might be a talk about like maybe you shouldn't run for re-election. Um, but I don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's it's a long ways away. November twenty twenty four is a long time away. Yep. Uh, so I, I think it blows over. I think it's already, well, I don't, I want to say it's already blown over. I think we're going to hear more of it. Uh, but right now there's so much other stuff happening mm-hmm. that it might get lost in the shuffle. So unless there's a big development in mm-hmm. this somewhere, I think, it, I think you're right, right? It does blow over. And by November, 2024, it just becomes whatever. We had some staff that were dissatisfied, yada, yada, let's move on. And I think that's probably how it's going to, go even even with the weird details we got a fucking so yeah no i i, I think it, i think it blows over i think if he if he holds fast it just disappears um uh, i mean whatever and you know look you know if the people in his district that like the west seneca people who have become more conservative you know they're big trump supporters you know they love locker room talk right they hate they hate grooming right but they <laughs> they love part of uh, well yeah. anyway Anyway, uh, well, that, that kind of leads us into our 
our next story here, gentlemen, because uh, as as we well know, uh, one of the you know, wrongfully dismissed or one of the people who believe they're wrongfully dismissed by Pat Burke is none other than, than Fred the Pod, Matt Deering, who is in fact running for the Ellicott uh, council seat still and submitted petitions yep. to be on the ballot, some of which were challenged. Well, well the, the the entire petition was challenged by uh, the Halton Pope uh, team uh, and candidacy, and uh, the board reviewed him. Uh, you know the, the the way this works, in case you don't, if anybody doesn't know, is that you file a general objection like the day that somebody files your petitions. And that gives you an open window to go through the petitions and file specifics. And that's what you have to do if you want to object to somebody's petitions is you can't just say, I think they're bad. Board of Elections, prove it. You have to tell them line by line, page by page, what you think is bad. And then the board assigns a couple of employees, a Democrat and a Republican, to review it. And they go, eh. I think it's good or I think it's bad. If they disagree, then like, you know, then like a high, a supervisor at the board of election gets involved and eventually it goes up to the commissioners. They reviewed, uh, the, the specific, Soviet level bureaucracy. Right. They, they reviewed, uh, the specific objections to the Deering uh, petitions and he did have some signatures knocked off, but not enough to jeopardize his petition. So, um, he barring a court challenge will be on the democratic line in the primary. Right, and I, I think we talked about it. Maybe we didn't, but he he has secured the Working Families Party. Right, we did talk about he, that he is the Working Families line. Uh, it's my understanding that those petitions uh, were left unchallenged and that he's fine there, uh, which is the Working Families petitions were generally challenged across the, the for the Common Council candidates, but it looks like most of them, if not all of them, will be okay, barring any f- uh, future developments. And, and by the way, and, you know, and, and I know there's a lot of listeners. Uh, my, my, the cockles of my cold, cold heart were warmed by uh, a friend of the pod who, I, I can't remember their name, but tweeted at us and was like, I get all my news from the Square Podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes. We love you. We yeah. love, we for like any of you who this is your only source of news and you're like, wow, that's interesting. We fucking love you. Yeah. We, it makes me a little oh, scared. What's a service? We save them a lot of time. Right. Right, and we half read the news so that yeah, you, you don't have, have to read it all. We right. half read the news. Right, yeah, it's, we're it's like, a halftime effort. We're, yeah, we're, uh, we're like the Reader's Digest of podcasts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Did you see there's a Reader's Digest for podcasts now? No. Yeah, there is. There's like a <laughs> podcast magazine where like you can read blurbs about what different podcast episodes. Oh, my. We, we've fully gone like, uh, you know, the Ouroboros or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, for you, the person who never reads the news but listens to us, don't underestimate how important it is for a candidate like uh, Matt Deering to have made the ballot here. And, and we'll talk about some of the other candidates who are, are in various levels of challenge. But I think back to, uh, was it twenty uh, was it 2018, Jim? It had to be four years ago? For 2019. The, 2019, I'm sorry. 2019, the last set of council races where notably there was a slate of candidates. I, I think it was almost all women. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. And like the only one who didn't get kicked off was Catherine Franco, who's running again. Right. So, I mean, it's very notable, and I think it speaks to the credibility of these campaigns and also, you know, like how kind of cutthroat these things can be. Like, if you see somebody got enough signatures to make the ballot, don't just write that off as, oh, okay. Like, no, that's a lot of fucking hard work. And right. A lot of challenge went into that. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, as far as, like, challenging petitions, 
uh, machine politicians or the incumbents definitely have advantage because they have like staff, they have people who are familiar with this, who will have the time to dedicate to reviewing petitions so you can file specifics. If you're a, a newer candidate or a brand new candidate and you're from coming from the community, one, you probably don't know the petitions that well to know what specific objections to file and which ones are no good. But also like you probably don't have like four fucking days to do nothing but go over people's petitions and, and and complain about them. Right. So we, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I, I just, I think it bears repeating that, you know, a, a quote unquote insurgent candidate like uh, Matt Deering making the ballot and, and securing the working families line um, relatively free of hassle. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty big deal. Yeah. For that race. Yeah. I mean, bet- you know, between those two things, like, you know, especially that working families endorsement, he's not going to, there, I think there's probably gonna be a split between him and Halton Pope on different endorsements from different unions. Sure. I could see that. You know, but that if he didn't have the working families line or if he had gotten kicked off the democratic line, he would have no chance for any union endorsements. He's got, I mean, I don't know which ones he'll get, but like, he'll probably get pick up a couple here and there. I'm sure Halton Pope will pick up a couple here and there, but it won't be, you know, universal one way or the other. Eve Shippens, Eve Shippens had some, uh, She's going to make the ballot. Right? Yeah, she's going to make the ballot. Uh, there was uh, some specific objections, in my understanding, to her working families. It was close, but she uh, still qualified. So she she'll be have she'll have the working families line. You know, her democratic petitions were good. Yeah, her dem petitions were good. Um, so you will see. You know, if you're voting in uh, in North, you will see Eve Shippens on the ballot um, in you know in June and and. Probably most assuredly in November. Well, if she's got the working families line. She'll right. be in November. Right. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. barring whatever, not even barring anything. She'll just be on the ballot. Right. Now, to our last councilmatic candidate, and probably the highest profile one, India Walton. India Walton, the status of her being on the ballot is, to my knowledge, in question. Well, I mean, there's certainly multiple challenges there because they're challenging not just petitions, but also challenging her residency. They're trying to argue that she wasn't a resident of the district for a full year before the election um, and therefore doesn't meet the requirements of the city charter. And the Buffalo News wrote an article about this, and they're like, oh, it's some obscure part of the charter. And like everybody fucking knows. Like there's a reason why she was trying to get to the deadline to make sure she got in there in time. It wasn't like, you know, they f- like they found some secret uh, scroll underneath the, f- the floor tile on the 13th floor of the city hall. They're like, oh, we also have to do this. You know, like they made it sound like like uh, like Chief Wiggum. Ah, oh, it also says here, boys, you can't uh, put scrolls on your pants for the purposes of gambling. <laughs> <laughs> the residency in particular. So she, there was some dispute about whether she had been moved in. I think it was at October. End of October 2022. End, end of October, beginning of November. Because right? you have to be there for a year prior to the November election. Right. Um, you know, and so like there's a, you know, oh, well, you know, she bought her house on October 31st, but didn't finalize until like November or something. But she apparently has an affidavit that she moved in on November 1st and was already living there. Um, you voter know, registration was, was submitted. Right. Voter registration was submitted by the date. So, um, you know, I, it really feels like they're doing everything they can to try to like throw everything against her to try to get her off the ballot. Um, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an attorney. I don't know all the facts based off of what I've read about it. 
it, it doesn't look like the residency thing should stick. Like, she should be okay. Like, if they're going to argue that just because, like, she rented for two weeks before she was, uh, before she locked up the house, you're basically opening that nobody who's renting can run for office, which I don't think they want to do. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I, part of me, I, I was going to lead with, you know, part, part of me wonders, like, if this, if you're on Team Walton, or if you're, you're rooting for Team Walton, then you see something like this. It feels like a, a bit of an own goal um, in a way. And, and I only say that because, you know, if you are India Walton, and you have been scrutinized up and down. Um, they got you for your parking tickets last year, you know, or like in 2021. They, they, I mean, look, I, I know, I, I know what the objection is out there. Like, okay, they're throwing anything at the wall to see what sticks. I get it. But boy, if I'm in that seat, I, I might be renting starting September 2022, just so there's no question. And I get it. I get it. We're talking about working class people, working class politics. However, she was serious enough that she bought a house in that district. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, like to say that she should be renting, it's like it's working class. I, I don't know that she can afford two rents. Whether she's going to afford like where she used to live and, and, and a new place. It's true. I mean, she's not she she's not a Chris Jacobs. She's, she can't she can't, you know, pr- like pretend like register out of her house in Orchard Park and actually live in the city of Buffalo like Jacobs did when he was in, in Congress. Right. Like she has to like she actually has to live someplace. I I don't see this being I mean, she did everything right. They're just trying to force it like you know, she did get it done in time. If she had done it in September, they would still be complaining about it. They would try to fuck with her anyways. I don't I don't see this as anything that 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 her or her team screwed up. They knew what the deadline was. They made it. People who are like incumbents or machine politicians, when they jumped and moved to get in districts in enough time. They fucking cut it close too. They just don't. They they know that their challengers don't have enough knowledge of election law and the money to challenge them. They don't. They don't have you know like a ton of resources to throw at them. Everhart has Kennedy behind her and has like essentially infinite resources at at, at, at that can help her. I I wouldn't be surprised. Like I would look when we when we get to uh, periodic filings in July, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of expenses in Tim Kennedy's that probably should be attributed to the Everhart campaign. Would not be surprised. Now, okay, fair enough on the residency. Um, how about what we know of the petition challenges so far, uh, which seem to be numerous? Well, I mean, numerous. Uh, a part not of saying the, they're legitimate. No, I'm just saying the, there seem to be a lot of them. Well, no, I, I, part of it was like according to the board, like it looked like there was a lot of them, but there was actually only two. Okay. It was just like the software fucking up. Um, and for that, like, I don't know, if if there's two, fine. Like, you know, everybody else got challenged. I mean, generally, like if you are a cha- if you are a challenger, the incumbents or the mach- uh, the machine are going to challenge your petitions. They're going to challenge the specifics. Even if you like, you know, like they, they challenged shippings and she turned in over a thousand when she needed 500 and they were like, let's try to fuck with her. Deering turned in over 900 and he needed 500 and they were like, let's see if we can kick over 400 of these off. Like it, it, they're just going to do it. It doesn't matter. Like if your petitions are fucking perfect, they're still going to challenge them. It, it, it had it, it because they, again, this goes back to like, uh, resource attrition, right? Ray? right like right, right. It, you, you play magic, you get this, you play chess, right? They have more resources than you do. They know if they can make you waste your resources on this, they, uh, then 
like they'll be able to beat you in the field later and it'll be easier for them. And it's not like, you know, uh, I, I was saying, I, I wish that if you, if you challenge something or you, you took them to court for something like this in a, the political process, if you lose, you should have to pay the other person. Like then it, now it doesn't become a war of attrition, a resource attrition. You should have to pay the, the, the everything that they accrued. It helps keeps them incumbents in place. So who's going to, Oh yeah, I mean, right? Laws, so. I, I I don't expect the state assembly to vote on yeah, changing those laws right, anytime yeah, yeah. soon. Right, right. I mean, look, I I hear you, right? Like, obviously, you could you could look at this two two ways or two sides of the same coin. I would say you could say like, well, you know, it's the corporate man trying to keep everybody down, or you say, as Omar in the Wire once said, it's all in the game, yo. Yeah. Like, game's a game. You know what's coming, and especially, and here's my thing. Um, uh, am I saying like these challenges to Indy Walton or, or any of the other uh, quote unquote insurgent candidates, shall we say? Um, not not to classify them as a as a group. They're just yeah. non incumbents that are yeah. that are challenging for these seats. You know that they are coming, especially Indy Walton. She like she knew that she was going to have uh, a, a target on her back coming into it. Again, she previously ran yeah. one of the highest profile races we've seen in the city, if not the highest profile. Everything was being thrown at her. So for me, it's like, I, I think there has to be a level of expectation, especially about something so but, but, but I mean, like, mundane. Their petitions look like they're good. Like they, they do have, they, they expected that they were going to be attacked. The only way that they wouldn't have challenged any of Walter's petitions and taken her to court and tried to get her thrown off is if she didn't run. Right. right. No, for sure. And, and, I, and I'm with you 100% on that. The petitions look good. The residency seems to be in order. That's good. Um, what troubles me a little bit, Walton herself, you know, I, I and I understand it's upsetting that, you know, it was it Charlie Fisher who filed yeah. the residency? No, no, I fi- I filed the sp- uh, objection to the petition. Filed the objection. The, the petition, general objection. The general objection. Um, at one point she tweeted out, like, you know, something that brought me to tears, this really upset me. Um, and then f- followed that up with, um, you know, I, I could have ran in, I could have ran in this district. I could have ran in another district. I think specifically she said, uh, I could have ran in Niagara or I could have ran whatever, but instead I decided to run in this district. And it was just like, am I crazy? Is this like, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, especially as somebody who's simpatico within India Walton. Um, I I don't know this, this campaign. And while it's still kind of in its nascency, I don't think she was upset that it happened. I think she was upset about who did it to her. Right. right. I mean, like she mentioned in the tweet that like, you know, Charlie Fisher, who has been active in civil rights leadership in the city for a long time, like he was somebody that she looked up to and that he challenged her petitions was personally disappointing to her. It's not that she was like, how could they fucking dare to do this? It was like, this is somebody that I looked up to. And, you know, one of my first interactions with them is them trying to get me removed from my even my opportunity to even run for office to even be a candidate i think that's yeah. i think that's fair i i guess it's fair i guess it's fair i i we'll see i don't know this campaign it's been a weird one for me um it's still early so we haven't gotten a lot of the messaging out there yet we haven't you know mm-hmm. seen any kind of advertisements or anything really they're just getting on the ballot now mm-hmm. um i i think that and again you know we're obviously friends of India Walton. I hope maybe she'll tell us to go fuck off after listening to me. Who knows? But, um, you know, we're all like friends of India Walton so much. So we, 
had her on the show multiple times, had her at a Christmas party. Love India. Mm-hmm. We, we do love India. And yet, it feels like a lot of... A lot of I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. A lot of people are sort of dismissing... People who are sympathetic with India Walton are sort of dismissing Zanetta Everhart. Um, you know, I've heard thrown around even in our Discord... Uh, where it gets kind of wild and woolly sometimes, uh, this miss of, of Zanette Everhart is some kind of stooge or some kind of you know lackey or something, mm-hmm. some kind of toady for Tim Kennedy. Um, I, I encourage anybody listening to this, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Do not, one, don't do it tactically. Be smart. Don't dismiss. Just because you think, maybe in your little heart of hearts, you think Zanetta Everhart is some kind of flunky for Tim Kennedy. Uh I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, she is a community leader. She has, if you're talking about somebody who worked within the system, if, if you wanted to have an example of somebody who worked within the system, whether you like the system or not, you just are like, well, somebody who worked within it, operated within the confines, and is, you know, starting to potentially achieve some political success, she'd be your model for it. Well, I mean, I, I, the, my argument against, like, oh, she's just, you know, just some pawn is that, you know, five years ago, before she worked for Tim Kennedy, she was an active voice in the city for change and for leadership. And, you know, she was, you know, that was attractive to Tim Kennedy. So he brought her into his office, you know, like he, he, like he went after her, like, you know, so like it's, it's she to say that like she has no will of her own, I think is very at best, maybe it's disingenuous or maybe it's just, it's very wrong. Um, you know, it's like also like there's been some I saw some discussion in Discord about like, oh, well, like, you know, like if you want the ECDC endorsement, you have to like pay heed to like corporate masters. That is so far from like reality and for like especially for like local office. ECDC is going to endorse every incumbent they can if they can get away with it or lacking that whoever has the most resources pretty much every time because they have limited resources and they have to focus on the county executives race and all that stuff. And like I saw like somebody saying like, Oh, well they just wanted to support Everhart because she'd be a rubber stamp for the mayor. All right. Let me explain something about Jeremy Zellner's relationship with the mayor. <laughs> the mayor doesn't give a shit about Jeremy Zellner. He has more power in, through New York state and with grassroots the, the outside of the county and doesn't need Jeremy Zellner and has never given a fuck about Jeremy Zellner or helping him. Jeremy Zellner is like a Poland cars uh, guy and you know, Zell, uh, uh, the By- Byron Brown is not going to show up at like a fundraiser for Jeremy Zellner. He's not going to show up at a Poland cars fundraiser. He doesn't help them. So like, does Zellner want to start o- open war with Byron? No. But uh, is he trying to like give him rubber stamps to help him out? No, he would like to see the, ma- like the mayor struggle so that like, he like so he can be in more powerful position in Erie County and Democratic leadership because right now like the mayor literally doesn't fucking need uh, Jeremy Zellner he does he just does not give two shits about him the, the mayor you know is going to like birthday parties but he's not gonna it's not gonna be <laughs> Jeremy Zellner's <laughs> well and I, and I say all this not to like again uh, you know very simpatico with India Walton. Um, and and Everhart, while she does have a stated platform out there on her website, um, it's, it is very thin, slim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair to say. Although the other thing I think would be fair to say is that for these council races, like how much of a platform, like maybe we've become, and, and I, I don't I don't mean that it's not important for candidates to have an agenda, but there are different views of what 
the city council does. So you could just be the fucking, you know, constituent services candidate and you could have a long career. Um, now, whether you want that in a council member, I don't know, but maybe the people of that district are like, Hey, you know what we want? We want somebody who will show up at the, you, you know, when I call them, we have something that's going on in the district. They'll show up and take care of it. I, I'm, I'm going right. to be more generous to everybody who's running and that they just finished petitions and barely even knew if they're actually running for office. If they were focusing on their webpage and getting all their platform ideas out there and not focusing on petitions, they wouldn't have qualified and they wouldn't be running for office. So like, I'm going to give them all like a month to actually get like their comms up and running because they've spent the last six weeks busting their balls in 20 degree weather to get signatures. So like, Amen. I, I don't, I like that. Like if you want to complain, I like, Oh, well, their website's not up to date. Well, look, it's probably three fucking people running the entire campaign. It is not, they're not, they don't have millions of fucking dollars, like a U.S. Senate campaign. Like it, like these council races, like especially the, uh, the challengers are probably going to run an entire race on like 15 to $20,000 for a council seat. Like it is, they do not have like a fucking army of people to, to do these things. So like, sorry that like their website isn't, you know, isn't fucking amazing, but like they're probably learning how to work WordPress themselves to make sure they can get the goddamn thing up. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it is kind of wild. Um, how little money is actually involved in these races and how important these offices are and how little money ends up, uh, right. I mean, like, you know. like, like, uh, you know, people think like, Oh, well, you know, if you only give a small donation, nobody notices. I'll tell you right now, if you gave $50 to anybody running for sitting common council with the exceptions of like fair level and Scanlon who have more money than they know what to do with that person would probably know your name for like the rest of their lives because a $50 check is enormous for like, County, uh, common council or county legislator like they just don't get they, they don't they certainly don't get thousand dollar checks like that just doesn't happen well we'll get into this the next time we get into the filings although one thing i will say jim one of the mysteries for me of this walton campaign is ideally coming into this she should have been like like i understand no matter how much fucking money she would have raised coming into this is it anything is it any kind of match for tim kennedy what he could bring to the table no, but I do, I do wonder financially, would there have been a point where Tim Kennedy was like, Hey, we might not support a candidate running against Indy Walton, that district. If Indy Walton had a big war chest and it had established her, her base of donors more, um, you know, these are all, I guess, what ifs. Well, I mean, the but, thing is, is unlike, uh, Zellner Kennedy is close with the mayor. So like they knew ahead of time that India was going to move to Maston and that she was targeting Wingo, and like Kennedy, if if he didn't have a, a good candidate, would have found a, a stooge to run against and, and Maston and support because he is going to do a favor for the mayor and like and the mayor Byron is that fucking petty that like you know as long as he's alive, he's going to make sure that somebody is challenging running against India Walton and trying to challenge anything she does because like. He's just a, a, a petty tyrant. Yeah, that's true. Although, again, like, I, and I've heard from folks who've, who've given money to Indy Walton's campaign or gave, you know, a lot of money to Indy Walton's campaign for mayor. Uh, they weren't really contacted this time around, which is kind of baffling to me. I mean, it's still early. Again, they're just qualified for the ballot. I mean, like, like if you start asking people for money beforehand and you focus on the wrong things and you don't qualify for the ballot, 
those people are going to be fucking pissed that you didn't qualify for the ballot and they're going to want their goddamn money back. And I have seen a couple of emails on, on yeah. India's mailing list come through and I know there's a fundraiser coming up next Saturday. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, like she's not, she's not blanketing people, but like she's out there more than a lot of the incumbent county legislators are as far as their fundraising efforts, because they all like most people don't have fundraisers in an election year until they actually qualify for the ballot. That's fair. Uh, because like, you know, like if you don't qualify for the ballot, you're actually not running. <laughs> right. Now you just got other people's money. Yeah. <laughs> you're just hanging out with their money. Right. I mean, if that's the case, I should run for office every year. Let's do, do it. Have, get, have a bunch of fundraisers. And I'm like, Oh, God damn. The man's holding me down. My petitions were no good. I turned in 11 signatures and I needed a thousand. Right. So we'll keep an eye out. I mean, look, I, I expect that all these candidates will now, uh, be looking to fundraise pretty heavily. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that I, I think that's going to be an issue for them is that like, you know, these three and, uh, and Franco up in university. And, and I feel like we give Franco short shrift. Uh, let's, let's talk about her real quick. Cause I always feel like I, I leave her off the board. I don't know a ton about her. I know she lost last time around. What, what is the legitimacy of the Franco campaign this time? I mean, it's, I mean, it's legitimate. Like she qualified for the belt last time. She's going to qualify for the belt this time. I think she got the working families nod like, you know, She's a legitimate legitimate candidate. Um, you know, Wyatt you know, doesn't have a ton of money, so he's gonna have to work very hard. He is probably one of the better common council members. Uh, you know, both the constituent service and an actual like legislating, and, and you know, he was notably the only common council member that once Walton won the mayoral primary who came out in, in support of her. It's true, but like what I was gonna say is that you know these four uh, challengers appeal to a similar base. And they're probably going to like steal money from each other. It's basically it's like when they're trying to fundraise, like not everybody's gonna be able to give fifty dollars to each of them, so they're gonna have to pick and choose who they can who they can donate money to. Right. We we were talking. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. We we're talking. Uh, we've talked a bunch about our city and maybe like uh, it feels a bit scattershot with what they're doing. Uh, for my money, I think that this would probably be the time that they lean into supporting the candidates more. Although it, it seems that they've um, moved away from that as being the main focus, uh, the race and more towards the city of Buffalo budget. Again, we'll have to talk to Harper at some point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, like I, our city is a private entity, so I have no idea what they're actually like they are doing. Like they could be fundraising and, and generating a lot of support and uh, effort behind the, uh, the challenging candidates. Maybe they are. I don't know. I, yeah. I you know. I, uh, so like, you know, like if they're do if they are doing it, you know, I probably wouldn't advertise and do it super uh, overtly. As we just said, the mayor's incredibly petty. That's true. You know, like you you're working on this budget issue with the current common council members. Like, do you think if if you're out there all the time advertising that we raised fifteen thousand dollars for Eve Shippens, that Joe Golombek's going to even let you in his office to listen to you? So like that's fair. if I were them, like at least until like the the whole budget issue is subsided uh, or the primaries are over, I wouldn't be advertising if I was supporting and raising money or, or providing a, a, any kind of logistical support to any challenger candidates. I, I would counter that, Jim, that that would be showing a level of tactical nuance that and again, not dismissing them. I'm just saying that would show a level of kind of not subterfuge, but sort of, again, tactical nuance that they have not historically shown. Um, so again, credit to them if that is the case. All right. So that's the petitions, you know, our favorites are on the ballot here. 
uh, including Eddie. Is did Eddie Eager make the ballot? I don't know. I I, I have to re- go onto the board site and, and check to see. Like there's obviously there's objections filed against his petitions, but like I don't like I don't know. Like I I know the board is reviewing petitions this week, so I'll probably go on to the onto the board website next week to see uh, who got shit canned and who survived. Well, we'll keep an eye out. King Eddie is gonna right. you know hopefully. Hopefully not. I mean, he's right. a clown, but it is very fun to talk about him just because he's such a weird little guy. Uh, all right, moving on. We, I, I often ask myself, uh, Snake. Yeah. What's what's the matter with what's the matter with Narden? What's wrong with <laughs> Narden? Narden Academy. What's yeah. the matter? With well, I guess we got some uproar. I'm not ex- exactly sure of the details, but it looks like uh, this is the school that C.S. Lewis founded, right? Is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Ha- I don't have my history exactly right, but I think you're right on okay. that. Okay, more like nerd. <laughs> no, there have been there have been protests and there's some discontent with administration there, right? Well, I don't know if it's faculty or students or both, parents. Well, here's what's so fucking weird. Yeah. So we get these stories. You know, WGRZ says there's some clash between the administration and you know the big donors to the school, right? The, uh, these stories are out there. Nobody is saying why. Like, like, really, when I say, what's the matter with Narden? What the fuck is the matter with Narden? If you know, mm-hmm. uh, let us know or let somebody know because it's all. I saw a Reddit post with some, you know, hearsay type of thing, but. Uh, That's where I get all my good information is Reddit. Yeah. Right. So we, we don't actually know what's going on in Narden, but mm-hmm. it's big enough of a deal that it ends up in all the news stories, but nobody wants to say exactly. Mm. What happened? Maybe a teacher was fired, or some clash with a student, or woke culture is gonna run run amok. Uh, the, it's actually it's it's all about their new sex ed teacher, Pat Burke. Oh, oh my! <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> so uh, Kenmore, the water tower. Yeah, it's coming down. It's coming down. It's not going to be painted. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't burger shaped. It wasn't, yeah. No, it was cylindrical. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe Campbell's soup, it could have been shaped yeah, okay. as a, a maybe a uh, hobbit hut. I don't know. Mm-hmm. A number of things it could have been shaped as. Right. Maybe a, a, a tin of uh, Rudy's blue cheese. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That so. would have been good. Well, no, your dreams are dashed. So yeah. the Kenmore water tower is no more. See you later. But you know what? If you wanted to... Uh, the tower's down. I just, I just imagine Mayor Mang filling up the back of his truck and driving down to the scrapyard with a leftover <laughs> yeah, water yeah, tower yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. cash in for like for well, the next. Well, the tower's down and the hut is up, and I hope he uses that scrap yes. money for a big old village pizza party. Baby. Let's go book it. Yes, book. Well, I don't think that exists anymore. No, they no. gotta lean into it. No, listen, nostalgia culture is back. You're telling me you couldn't get some like fucking thirty-five year old dipshit millennial like myself you, you just uh, the, you only get awards if you read podcast digest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we talked about pizza hut at great lengths with aj right he is a big pizza hut fan right uh, hey um, I, I but, love it too yeah but uh yeah they they're open it's the first one in the area since the uh, the pandemic blew up the OG locations. Mm-hmm. Takeout only, no sit down. AJ seems to think there's going to be sit down places in the future. We'll see. Yet to be determined. Um, but yeah, there there are lines out uh, the door. Yeah. And where is this location? It's on Delaware, just north of Sheridan. Man, I gotta tell you, you know, Kenmore really has cornered the market on like the mid tier pizza yeah it's it's where all the fat drunks are Mm -hmm. 
places. Uh, well, you know what? I guess it's still city of Buffalo. I was thinking, I was thinking Jets in my head, but that's still the city. That's yeah, city. That's, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay, so that's not Delaware. Yeah. Delaware Ave is close cornered, enough. Delaware Ave has cornered the market on mid-tier pizza places. <laughs> they've got Little Caesars. Yeah. They've got Jets, and now they've that got, is being incredibly <laughs> generous to call Little Caesars. <laughs> well, mid. it's a spectrum. It's a <laughs> they've got Macy's. Oh, <laughs> you shut the fuck up. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> um, well, the hut, yes, nobody pizzas, nobody out pizzas the hut, as right? They say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, Jim, the odd, we yeah. uh, we miss it. Kind of, it was kind of a gross place. I mean, it was I, cool. I have some like fond memories. I also have some not fond memories. I am terrified of heights, and if any, <laughs> if anybody went to the odd, pretty I, steep. It was incredibly steep, and like when I would go as a kid, and like we. You know, we didn't have money, so like I didn't sit in the. I always sat in the three hundreds and the oranges. Uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't even the three hundreds. It was by color, right? The right. oranges. Um, and uh, I would sit on like the stairs, like the concrete stairs at the like in that walkway because I was too scared to sit in my seat because uh, I thought I was going to fall out and like land on the ice, which wouldn't have happened. I would have landed on some drunk in the blues. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, you know, this is like the pre-social media age. I wonder how many people actually did fall. That it had to be a significant amount based on the architecture of that building. Like people did have to like not fall on the ice, but like tumble forward. Hard to oh, say. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, there was definitely a lot of alcohol consumed at the it, at the odds. So it's before they kept records on that, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's how like all those like stadiums uh, were built back yeah. then. Like you know, like the the old United Stadium in Chicago was the same thing. Like like you just it was basically straight up. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Well, so Canal Side. I mean, okay, they're gonna build what apartment buildings and bullshit there. I guess they're yeah. finally filling in that pit. Mixed use. I miss the fucking concerts there. I miss them. It was a good vibe. I think it was a good setting. Now that all the nimbies around there complain about the noise, you live in a downtown of a top hundred city. Mm-hmm. In in the st- is it fifty or a hundred? I don't know. Uh, like fifty eight metro region. Let's call it close to fifty. Okay, close to fifty. Mm-hmm. Not so bad. And you're complaining about noise, about a city being a city. Mm-hmm. So oh, we're gonna push all the concert goers out to the shitty outer harbor where it's always raining and soggy and mm-hmm. wet. I'm so fucking pissed about that. Bring T Pain back to right. Canal Side. Well, that's the thing. Like at least Canal, like it was walking distance to. You could take the train there. Yeah, you, you it was great. Yeah. Now, how do you get to the outer harbor? You got to drive. No, uh, kayak. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, kayak. Uh, Give me a break. Uh, or those uh, bicycles that you can paddle on water. It's such bullshit. Well, I mean, look, it, it, a, a lot of that area is just kind of shit, though. I mean, like, the, for a while, there was just kind of like the black hole of downtown. Yeah. Um, that North Odd Block. And, and I'm pulling up the article, uh, WKBW, just to get you some details, because uh, Penrose, New York developer, LLC, was selected as the preferred developer, which you astutely, astutely, astutely pointed out, Jim, um, was not another fucking Doug Jamal joint. Right? Yeah. This. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that the city was like, "Well, we have a chance to hand over a bunch of money," and they just like look around the room and go, "Like, which one is you?" Like, they they found somebody else. Like, I assume all developers are trash. So, like, Penrose is probably also terrible. They're the Doug Jamal of wherever they're from. But like, I'm glad that like it didn't go to. Simonelli or Jamal or you know uh, Palladino or whatever yeah. like that or Sinatra like that they looked outside the the usual suspects you know and I'm, I'm not to belabor this one but I'm of two minds because it's been 14 years since the odd was torn down um, okay you want to make sure that whatever replaces it 
is the right thing, but fucking 14 years, man, that's like, God damn. You would have been born in your teenage years. All you've known is that area to be just a fucking shithole, just a blight, which I don't think is acceptable. I, mm-hmm. I don't, it shouldn't be, you know, maybe two, three, five years. Maybe they didn't want to do anything until the Sabres made the playoffs again. Well, <laughs> Jesus. They might have to wait a little while longer uh, for that. No, I mean, whatever. Like, they're, they're getting something done down there. Like, it, it is a, a nice area to, like, take people from out of town. You can walk around yeah, and, yeah. and do shit. You know, everybody climbs on the, the statue of Tim Horton and whatever. Shark girl. Shark girl. Right, right. And and uh, what's his name? Steve Rinaldi, I think this guy's name is. Um, WKBW was Eileen Buckley, Anthony Reyes were... Just a, a tribute who reported this. They did ask, to their credit, why it took so long, um, to which this guy, uh, Renali, said, well, it happened in phases. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been redoing, uh, first it was the canals, historic bridges, the Children's Museum, and now Heritage Point is under construction. Um, Heritage Point. Heritage Point, yes. I mean, I, I do get so. that because, like, you know, it's it, the Harbor Development Corporation it is funded by the state. And so, like, the, the state does, they're, they're not just going to be like, Here's a whole bunch of money at once. I mean, they did do that with Tesla, and look how awesome that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's hoping this is a case of better late than never. Um, there's a lot of big bucks that are going into this, so yeah. hopefully it looks like looks legit. Um, but also, this is likely leading to. I mean, the, a, 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 a nice there's, there's something going in there when the Buffalo News is going to close it any day across the street. <sighs> yeah. Well, moving on, Jim. Yeah. So you know. You could use a, a you know municipal funding to to fund things like I don't know the North Odd Block and right. having development and having you know affordable mixed use properties and housing. Mm-hmm. You could also now hear me out. You could also build more jails and arm or not arm, but get weapons detectors at the library. What about a five star jail? What about what about arming the kids at the library? No, but yes. what it, let's go back to my idea about the arena or the oh. football stadium, oh, yeah, okay. which was football stadium slash jail, man-made island in the lake. Yes. Like, if you're going to build a new jail, I want that island out there. I want that man-made island out there in the lake. That's a great point. So, like, if they escape from Buffalo-style Alcatraz, that they, they swim to Fort Erie. It's a mixed-use facility. Yeah. All the rage. Mm-hmm. All the rage, yes. Uh, Look, I don't think... The majority of issues with the way people are being treated at the uh, at the holding center is because the building isn't nice enough. I think it has a lot to do with leadership in the sheriff's office and generally just how we treat people who are in jails, prisons, holding centers and across the country. If they if they make it super fucking nice, it's they're still going there's still going to be suicides. That's true, although I one of our mutual friends, Jim, is works at the holding center, um, the current iteration of the holding center, and the the horror stories I hear that that building is a fucking shithole. Um, there's all sorts of like molds and or fungus on the walls um, that you know not safe for both the inmates or the employees mm-hmm. uh, who work there. Not saying it's good to build more jails or whatever, but like even from just a humanitarian standpoint for everybody involved. Um, it might make sense to build a new jail, practically. Because well, they're talking about, like, moving across the street so we're like, the Buffalo General, like, the old Adams Mark, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't trust the county to do the right thing. Well, let gonna, me ask you. What are they going to do with the site of the current holding center? Will, will they still have, be able to hold weddings there? At the holding center? 
at the at the new one? At yeah, the, formerly Adams Market. The formerly Adams Market. Formerly Adams Market. Yeah. No, you have to have them at the old holding center. Now. Oh. <laughs> the, that place a shithole. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the honeymoon suite is solitary confinement. Uh, you know, people would pay for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They would. Mm-hmm. They would. People well, are weird. Well, Jim, if 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 we're gonna. Okay, we're going to take your idea for, you know, the football jail on the island. Fine. But what we're not going to do, we're not going to have the mascots be uh, any kind of indigenous representation. We weren't going to do that anyway. We're not shitheads. Right. But now now it's codified, at least for, I know it was Salamanca, Tonawanda. Was it? No, well, so the, was it the, the they, were pro- they were projecting. So, like, sounds like Salamanca is not going to be affected by this because it has a crazily high native population there right and they're not gonna be like hey we know what's best for you don't use your own names right. but like it is like iroquois which is umamurla wales they're not gonna be like hey yeah you guys can just do this like they're like they're gonna they're gonna force some changes through it's, it's a statewide thing um i mean it's generally you know it's, it's a good thing to you know way overdue you know, and this is big of you to say as somebody from Lancaster. Right, yeah. And also who went to Bonaventure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why are they called the Bonnies? What's a Bonnie? Yeah, it's well, a Bonnie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, like it looks like like you know, for like districts where there is a high native population, they're gonna work something out where like they'll be able to do uh, an appropriate re- uh, mascot representation. Because I, I think it's like I don't. I think it's not just like mascots, but like I think Iroquois is gonna have to change its school name. Yeah. Wow. Seems that way. Uh, that's not gonna go over very well. And again, in the Discord, there's a lot of back and forth about it. It looks like there are stipulations that uh, the indigenous people, the natives, can can keep their own names if right. it's represent right, right. representative. Yeah. No oh, problem. What I like. Wales is going to be upset that they can't keep the Iroquois name. Fine, go join Genesee County, and the both of you can fucking secede from New York State. Yeah. Right. Welcome, welcome to Robert E. Lee High School. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Bedford Forest fucking academy. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that they probably will. Like uh, Iroquois School District will become Stonewall Jackson School District. Oh my God, dude. I know, I know exactly what those shitheads would do. They would name it Donald J. Trump High School. Oh, brother. <laughs> hey, he came out with another set of NFTs if you're interested, Re, an investment opportunity. Well, considering I spent all my tax return on the last set, you know <laughs> I'm copping that shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? But I, I, and that means I don't have enough money, Jim. If I were a Canadian resident uh, to have... American property, you know, uh, well, the other way around, other way around Americans own it and, and, and other non-Canadians owning Canadian property. Uh, the Canadian government has instituted an underutilization property tax. So like, you know, if you're you re, uh, I'm me well to do man about town. That's right. Uh, you're owning multiple properties in the, in the fine sovereign nation of Canada. Um, if you don't use your property, if you underutilize a property, there's a, a property tax on it. Uh, Brian Higgins, he's mad as hell. Our our erstwhile local congressman, sure, uh, or one of our two local congressmen. Like I always forget about Langworthy. Yeah. That's intentional. Yeah. Higgins was on social media saying, "Like, hey, if this affects you, let us know because, like, you know, we want to like tell the Canadians you can't do this." And you know, friend of the pod, Adam Bojack, was like, 
why it's a great it's a great policy and we should be doing it in this country. We we have an affordable housing shor- shortage and a lot of it is because a lot of property is underutilized because you have, you know, absentee owners or not necessarily absentee like they might be taking care of the property but like they don't live there they're not spending a a large amount of time there so you have decent property that's just basically sitting vacant but there are foreign investors just keeping vacant property oh yeah i mean that's that's oh that that's probably that is an additional oh yeah yeah it's a good tax and it's not it's not like it's a crazy high percent it's not like they're charging them like like doubling their property tax for this um it's just enough to like try to keep people honest um, and you know, because Canada also is having an affordable housing crisis, like the entire world basically is. I mean, it is a good tax policy. Like, it it does what a tax should do. It was just basically either incentivize or de-incentivize you to do a a, a certain particular uh, action. And in this case, net positive for society, right? Yeah. And and either you're like either you you open up that property so people can live there and we can have more affordable housing. Or you pay more money so that we can subsidize housing so that we can people can find some place to live. All right, how about this? Justin Trudeau, no taxes for Americans, but you do get to uh, do a lot more public blackface. I, I mean, think he's over his blackface yeah, well, phase. I got a different idea for what we could do with Trudeau. Is, uh, <laughs> you got a different opinion. We'll bring him to Lackawanna. I said public. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring him to Lackawanna, and he can ha- he's got a eat as many wafers as he can, but we'll even do them poutine style. We'll cover them in cheese curd and gravy for him. Body of Christ poutine? Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, that's that's Now you can get it outside the Vatican. Be a red wine gravy. Right, yeah. Right. Oh, that sounds so good. I mean, I might vomit it all up, but for that, that first bite, that first taste, you know, you're like, oh, oh that Golly. everybody's so creative. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the Westward Country Club, what? What's what's going on? It finally was sold. Uh, well, was, uh, the the town of Amherst finally finalized the purchase of purchase. Westwood Country Club. It's public land, baby. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's some people pissed off. They're like, ah, oh, they should have moved Audubon there because Westwood was a nicer course and and turned Audubon into a park. But like, the specific reason why they wanted Westwood as a park is because there isn't a large park in that area. You know that that it, it needs a, a park. And I've seen like some NIMBYs complaining, like, wow, what a waste of resources to have a park. I was like, you get fucked. Right. Yeah. Same people who like, if the, if there was no libraries now and you made an argument to make libraries, they'd be like, absolutely not what a waste of money. And like, that's what, one of the things that makes quality of life nice is having parks and having mm-hmm. stuff like that. Give those assholes 10 years and they're going to be opposing any kind of development because they don't want to ruin the sanctity. Of the no, no, they're probably fucking dead. These are, these, these are, these are Clint Eastwood complainers. <laughs> Hey man, you know, thanks to the marvels of modern medicine hanging around a lot longer yeah. than you might think. So speaking of someone who's still kicking <laughs> your boy. Your boy and mine. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, I wrote so what I wrote on the board was to me Russ. But if you look closely and you kind of squint, it bliss. could be it could be bus. <laughs> it, it kinda oh, looks I saw like bliss. You yeah. saw bliss? Yeah. I, I saw I Rorschach saw test if I ever I saw bus. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, you know, just but bus with two s's. Why don't you just add a y on the end? What's that Russie do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, bus. I'm calling a bus Salvatore. Bus, 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 bus Salvatore. Bus Salvatore. Your old college chum. Uh, bus Salvatore. Russ Salvatore. The big nine oh ninety. Yeah, had a, a black tie affair. The fucking mayor went and took a picture with Russ Salvatore. Mm. I guarantee he doesn't show up to a single Poland cars fundraiser this year. But 
Ross Salvatore, I'll take a picture with the, the old guy. The news presented him as local philanthropists. And if you ever watch Always Sunny, when Charlie had a date, yes, that's what I kind of think of Russ. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah it's, it, Russ also had their finest milkshake steak that's at, right. <laughs> at his 90th birthday. Am I crazy or did people around here fucking hate Russ Salvatore for a long time like he was like his whole pers- his own family hated him I he mean, kicked him out the business right like he was persona non grata around here for a long yeah. time and only after dropping what I assume to be millions of dollars in you know donations probably went to a lot of good stuff what the first thing that he really started to do to like change people's opinion of him is it, back when the bills were bad yep and there was blackouts for uh, games to seats. he would buy out the seats got so, his name on the tv right so that uh, they're like oh russ salvatore bought thirty thousand tickets mm-hmm. so you guys can watch the bills at home uh, and you can you can watch trent edwards throw the ball eight yards the other thing yes that's a bomb for trent edwards eight yards yeah. oh yeah jesus like a hail mary for him <laughs> the other thing that he would do is the firework shows the fourth yes. of july firework shows yeah. down downtown mm-hmm. he would Put on like this extravagant fucking fireworks show, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and keep it le- a buck here. And let's not forget Veterans Park on transit. Oh, right. That's right. Let's I not forget how, how many people enjoy that park day right. to day. Yeah. I mean, I will say I am a little uh, skewed on how like Russ's popularity. Popularity. Or, yeah. There you go. Uh, popularity was because growing up in Lancaster, because Salvatore's is in Lancaster. Oh. True. And so like. He gave money to the Lancaster School District all the time, even back then. Like, the field house in Lancaster is the Russell J. Salvatore field house. Yeah. So, like, he, he was already, he was always fairly popular in Lancaster because, to at least to a certain extent, he kept their school taxes down. Well, either way, the charm offensive that man has done in the past uh, 10, 15 years, now he's like the meme guy, right? Mm-hmm. Now he's like, you know, the guy in the kind of weird, off-kilter, almost like Tim and Eric-like commercials. Um, he looks, I mean, he looks an awful lot like the Six Flags guy. (laughs) Doesn't move like him. No. Yes, he does. So, you know what, Russ? Big 9-0. Congratulations. You know. Here's to another 90. Here's here's to another, God willing, and the creek may rise. Here's to another 90. And here is to uh, this week's episode of the Square Podcast, brought to you by, uh, well, we have the advertisement that runs, but brought to you by Community Beer Works, brought to you by contributors like yourself who, they're rolling in in the Patreon, aren't they, huh? Yeah. They really are. I, I want to shout out, I'm not going to drop names, I'm not going to out you, but new contributor to the Patreon just recently, did we fix her thing with the feed? We fixed. We fixed. We, we respond to uh, the feed if you have any issues or whatever, but we want to thank every each and every one of our Patreon donors. Um, of course, I go out of my way for our paying listeners. Yeah. They're paying the good stuff. Right. Yes. You freeloaders, get out of here. Yeah. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. If you canceled it's, your subscription, right. get the fuck out of right, here. Yeah. What do you think? This is a library? Jesus. What a new metal detectors on the podcast. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you. A million times thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Also, huge thank you to uh, you know anybody and everybody who contributes in the Discord. Uh, a lot going on in there, but... Um, but no, seriously, thank you for uh, for uh, contributing to the conversation and giving us uh, stuff to talk about. And as there's a lot of stuff to be mad about and talk about, uh, you're there with us. Yeah, and tell us how we're wrong again. T- tell I, Jim, I love to be told how I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, just lay it on me, baby. Yeah. Glutton for it. So thank you, the Discord. And finally, thanks to anybody who just, you know what? I just listen to the podcast. I I like it. I 
don't have money for the Patreon or I don't do Patreon. I don't do Discord. But damn it, I, I love you fucking weirdos. Uh, like to listen to We your love shit. all our listeners. We love when you come up to us, mm-hmm. when you say hi. Celebrities. Some of them seem to hate the limelight. They don't like being the public guy. I love it. I we, really shit. We, yeah. are, we are celebrities. I yes. love it. Right. So specifically, Jeremy Zellner, say hi to us. Say hi to us. <laughs> Jeremy Zellner, look me in the eye challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Mission impossible. Um, no, but seriously, thank you to everybody who listens. And if you tell your friends, um, you're like, hey, there's a bunch of guys, group of weirdos, but uh, I kind of like what they do because I, I don't have to read the news and they have to read the news for me. Mm-hmm. So thank you for anybody to tell your friends to. And uh, yeah, let's keep it rolling, baby. Until uh, next time, you guys. With Let's Go Pills, I wanted to make a beer that was similar to the beers I grew up drinking in in the tailgate. And I wanted a clear American lager that was crisp and and just really sharp. It it takes the classic American lager and we we showcase craft ingredients made by locals, made by fans, uh, to be shared by fans. Bring community to all that you do and good things happen.